Hey, well, we're excited that you could join us today, whichever day it is that you're watching. Uh, we're, we're pumped to do the second talk in this series, Gifted to Serve. Let me read the passage that we have launched out of. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Use them well to serve one another. In this series, we're looking at how serving God and each other results in life to the full. Uh, this, is, this is your opportunity. Serving is your opportunity to experience the rewards that come with a life marked by serving God and each other. Serving God and each other means like the church and the community, right? It results in this life to the full. Jesus said it this way in John 10.10. He gave us this promise. He said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This challenge coming from Jesus who exemplified a life of sacrificial service as, as one who was serving and not to be served as the road to this life to the full through following him and his example. Uh, serving is really this universal language of love. It's what demonstrates to others that we love each other. It, it, that's the visibility of it, is that we're laying our lives down for one another. And this series uh, just is really bringing that to the surface. We, we referenced this passage last week, but didn't read it. And I wanted to read Luke 6.38 that says, Given you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Interesting teaching there by Jesus. And I don't know if you've ever filled a jar of something in your kitchen that needed to be shaken together and tamped down. In our home, that would be, I'm thinking rice. Maybe it's my coffee grinder. Uh, let's go with rice. Uh, we, we, eat a lot of rice in the Huff home. So we've got this little silver sealed canister that we utilize to refill with rice so that in the kitchen, there's just this little thing of rice, not the big bag from Costco that we buy because that would look awkward on the counter or in a cupboard. So that's in a pantry, but the, the little can we have to refill with rice. And, and you know, you get it in there, you don't just fill it a little full. If I'm gonna fill this thing, I wanna, I wanna get my, my time's worth out of it, right? So I fill it. Tamp it down so the little mound levels out, and then I fill it some more. So what happens, right? If I fill it too much, you know what happens. We're going to play chase with little rice, <laughs> things flying all over the counter, onto the floor. It's a mess, and it happens almost every time we refill it. But that's the reality of what is being taught here. We're taught that, man, let's, let's fill it to the full, right? Let's fill it. In fact, God, in his generosity, when, when we're generous, the way he's generous back is it's, it's, it becomes, our life becomes so full it overflows, just like that rice does when it comes out a little too quick from the bag and goes all over the counter. In my scenario, it's a bad thing. And, and in God's scenario, it's a great thing when we have this pressed down, shaken together and running over concept. It pours all over and I want God's 
grace to do that in my life. And I want my serving to do that, right? So this, this passage on generosity is, is a powerful illustration because serving is an act of generosity in a physical, tangible way. You reap what you sow, so much so that you get this overflow of your heart when you serve that just leaks out and is contagious to everybody around you. So we need to be those that are generous with our serving in such a great way, following the example Jesus gives us because it just overflows to those who need life and need it to the full and need to regain hope and peace of mind right now in the world we live. Today, we're going to look at Jesus' example of serving. And it's really going to challenge us in, in this area. Mark 10, 42 through 45 is a conclusion of an illustration. We'll give you the beginning of it here later. But it says this, Jesus called them together. This is his disciples. You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people. And officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. I don't know if you heard that. I'm going to repeat that. Not to be served, but to serve others. Our big idea today is we've been called to serve, not to be served. Countercultural, right? A little bit difficult to grasp. We've discovered in, in uh, our culture in America, very difficult to walk out. It's not our system, freedoms and all we have in our nation and have constructed lean towards self-serving not serving. This past Wednesday in, in our growth group, uh, we're walking through a Francis Chan video series on Right Now Media, and he was talking through James 1.22, which talks about not just listening to God's word, but doing it. And the illustration he gave was kind of brutal and just was a gut punch to me. I don't know why it just caught me by surprise, but he gave this vivid picture of the church. And if all we do is just feed, feed, eat, eat, eat the scripture, and we don't put it into practice, like if we embrace love, but we don't serve, what ends up happening is we're like one of those reality shows. And I don't know if you've ever watched them of the heaviest people on earth. It's these shows where somebody has, has a condition or just a habit and they've ate and ate and ate and they've become immobile so much so that they have to be fed, they have to be cleaned, they have to be changed and they can't even get up. They're, they're not, if they do have to go to the hospital, I've seen an episode before where they had to cut the wall out to get the person out of their home. And they literally sit there and they're just feeding, 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 feeding. And this is a visual that Francis Chan challenged us with, is, this is what the church looks like if we don't put our faith into action. This is what the church looks like if we say we have love and we eat love and consume love and learn about love, 
but we never serve people that we love. If we never serve one another or we don't serve faithfully, if we don't have a heart to serve others and instead of ourselves, we become that visual to the world around us. And uh, all, all, the, all that we're doing is consuming and the, the life that is to the full is not about just being full, num, 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 right? It must be lived. This life must be done in order to experience the true fullness being offered by Jesus' example, we have to put our faith into action. At some point, no matter what we're doing or how we're involved, uh, we tend to lean, our bent or nature is to lean towards being served versus serving. So it does, there is somewhat of a discipline to this, especially when the church and, and those that have been a part of church forever, we tend to really make choices off of being served versus serving the community that God has placed us in. And, and he came to serve and lay his life down, not to demand certain ways of being served. And, and so the church constantly, we're going to have to constantly remind ourselves, there's a time where we point the arrows in and we deal with our own health, but we always have to be aware that Jesus has put our arrows out towards those who need him. He came to seek and save the lost. And when our humanity takes lead and we want those arrows to point inward and we attempt to climb to the top or position ourselves, jostle our way to being the one who gets our way, we need to double check in our mind, what am I doing right now, right? Because Jesus said he was gonna lay his life down and that that's actually how we elevate our life. In essence, we find that the top is experienced by lifting others, not by climbing ourselves. Pope Francis said this, the path of service is the most effective antidote against the disease of seeking first place. It is the medicine for climbers. Wow. <laughs> That's, that's some good stuff right there. So let's jump into our thoughts. I have a couple of them today. Thought one, answering the call to serve helps you value others. It helps you value others. This comes out of Philippians 2, 3 and on. And I know this is like, I maybe, I feel like it's one of my most referenced verses, segments of scripture during the course of this year, 2020. But verse three, it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Value others above yourselves. He continues in verse four, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, right? By taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. 
and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. See how serving others and, and by being humble, Jesus elevated to the utmost height possible. Serving others before ourselves builds a mindset the same as Jesus had. It's a mindset of humility, and we become the very nature of a servant and learn to value those who others just might not see as valuable. The least of these, if you will, right? We realize that our doorway to true life is through Jesus, obviously, putting our faith in him, but in living life like him, humbling ourselves, serving others, valuing others. Man, this has never been more clear than an illustration of this very thing at a community big give a few years ago. Gentlemen had signed up to serve, and as so often happens, when we showed up at 7 a.m., even though we told our volunteers to be there at 8, there's somebody there waiting to serve right at the door of Walmart. And I remember showing up, and this gentleman was there to serve, and, and I was like, can I help you? And there's also some people there for meals and already and forming a line, and I'm just like, hey, hey, hey. And this gentleman makes his way over, and I'm like, oh, you're here to volunteer? Yes, I am. And so uh, we shirted him up and began to haul food out and sort and bag and do all those activities. We assembled, we distributed. That He was shoulder to shoulder and taking bag after bag and serving customer and person after person who showed up. And the reason I remember this moment is not because he showed up to volunteer. Reason I remember this moment is, is what happened when when the end was drawing near. And if you've ever done a community big give before, it's kind of like our footprint starts getting smaller and smaller and smaller. People are fading off that we're serving and there's more and more of a core. And, and this gentleman was like one of the last ones. We've got just a few meals there that we're going to send back to the food bank. That, and, and this gentleman says, uh, if I remember right, he reached into his pocket actually too. And he had a voucher for a meal. And he's like, well, can I get one of these meals that are left over? And I was like, Absolutely, a voucher is a, a meal. Why? You didn't get it earlier. He's like, you know, I wanted to make sure that every other person who showed up got served. I just wanted to make sure there was enough for, for everyone else. And, and I just wanted to be a part of this day. And so I was like, whew, right? That's like the value he placed on the hundreds of others that were experiencing food insecurity in our community, the value he placed on them above himself, uh, that's the mindset of Christ. That was a moment where I felt like I was, I was serving in a way that uh, Hebrews 13 describes. It's an interesting passage, and it's moments like this that make me think of this passage. But it says in Hebrews 13, 1 and 2, Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters, and don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. And not that this gentleman was an angel that I'm aware of, right? But it sure seemed like a God moment in that interaction that was eye-opening, humbling, honoring, uh, and so Christ-like in that moment that I was like, who knows? We could have been entertaining an angel unaware of that entire day. And I just 
what an honor it is to serve along people like that. That's why one of the many reasons I love the community Big Give and, and the work that is done in the community to come together and serve everybody who may need at this time of year. Thought two, answering the call to serve creates unity. Serving breaks down um, structures, if you will, entitlements, positioning. It, it breaks this down. And, and the passage, passage we opened up with today in Mark 10, 42 was preceded with a moment that actually made some of the disciples a little angry. Let me read it. It says, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him, Jesus, right? They said, teacher, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request? He said, or he asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in place of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus said to them, you, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh, yes, they replied, we're able. Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. And then we jump in to Mark 10, 42, where Jesus challenges them to serve and not be served. Jesus goes into the teaching on being a servant of others to challenge this jostling for position James and John were doing right here. They were positioning, not just now, but for eternity. That was a big ask of them. I can't believe they did that. And see how the positioning then drove to a moment of disunity and anger and indignation. Like all of a sudden it was going to be a clamoring. So Jesus jumped into a teaching that was so critical because he understood that if we serve, we'll be united. We'll lay down this whole positioning and jostling and the structure that was in place of the religious community at the time. And, uh, I've seen it happen personally. I mean, parents, you've seen this. Kids, listen, you've seen this. Uh, this past Tuesday at the Huff home, we had enchiladas. In fact, I was very proud because uh, uh, one of our daughters helped. I, I'll just say Jaden helped make the enchiladas. And while she was making these beautiful enchiladas and, and getting them all in the little glass pan to be cooked, she decided she was going to make one enchilada, a little extra special for herself. She put three extra pieces of chicken in it, which made it the biggest enchilada. Oh yeah, you can see what's gonna happen, right? She prepped it, put it in to be cooked, and when those enchiladas came out, man, you saw these perfect enchiladas. There was this one big enchilada that a few people wanted. <laughs> and soon enough, Jaden was like, that one's mine. Oh man, I'm not gonna sell out who it was. May have been more than one of us. I mean, them, uh, the people at the table. Anyway, there was this moment where we all like wanted the big one. 
and, and started this discussion discussion and this jostling for who gets the the large one and Dana was actually serving up the plates because I, I hate to serve up enchiladas because they just everywhere and then I'm the cause of the and and so uh, she's like serving it up and oh man there was some so some aggression at the table and what is that like what's in us that does that that makes us want like the special one it's just humanity like it's it's our nature again parents have you ever gotten in a car where well, we've got four kids so this happens all the time I want the window seat or in our minivan. It's like, I want the bucket seats. I want the, you know, I don't want to be in the far back. I get car sick. And there's this, this positioning. Serving one another removes that whole thing. When we consider ourselves humbled, we'll position ourselves to serve someone else. Oh, you can get in first. I'll grab the open seat. <laughs> what what child does that, right? It's just like this. If they're extra Jesus-like in that day, they would do it. But that's that's what we're talking about. That's the visual I have as a parent. That's the visual Jesus is challenging James and John and really all the disciples in that moment. He's like, ah, don't fight for position. Take this position. Be the servant of all. Jesus demonstrated it very visibly later in his ministry. In fact, they were gathered for the Passover meal. And he was gathered with the disciples around him, and he decided to demonstrate what serving looked like. And, and he took upon himself the most humbling position in a room, which is to be the one who washes everybody's feet. He took off his, his cloak, and he began to like wash people's feet with it. And there was this moment of tension. In fact, Peter tells Jesus, that's not the religious structure in this room. Like, I am not going to let you wash my feet because I should be washing your feet. I'm your disciple. And Jesus corrected him. And he said, unless I wash your feet, Peter, you have no part with me in eternity. And he's like, okay, then wash all of me. <laughs> he just, that's the way Peter was. He would just jump right in there and go all the way. And uh, this teaching leads up to a conclusion where Jesus really demonstrates uh, a, a great challenge that I think wraps up our talk today in this series before we walk it out next Saturday at the community Big Give Shoulder to Shoulder. In John 13, 12, this is what happens. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again, sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Jesus is interrupting the hierarchy of the religious like system in place and exemplifies what we are to live like in order to live life to the full. Or here is what he says, the, 
if we're in order to really be blessed to the fullness, God wants to pour out on us, press down, shaken together and running over, right? Life to the full and peace of mind are found through serving others before we serve ourselves. This was not just a moment for Jesus. This was his lifestyle. And it has to become our life as well. That we would say, I am going to follow the example. I'm going to do as Jesus did. I don't have to literally wash feet. My daughters will be glad on that. They're not feet people. But that just means we're going to take the lowest position of serving if we have to in order to express the love of God to the world around us. Here's a simple action thought this week. Position yourself to serve others. If we're going to jostle for a position, let it be that of a servant. Let it be that of the one who serves. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the one that is determined to, to open the door and let somebody go in line before me. I'm going to be the one that's determined to, to get in the, the, the line for food last. And you guys get what you want. I'll take it last. I'm going to be determined to get in the car last. You guys get your seat and then I'll get mine. You know, I'm going to be the one, even greater so, I'm going to be the one that's going to serve the community. I'm going to put these meals in the community's possession and inconvenience my Saturday morning to be a servant to whomever has need. Next week as we serve shoulder to shoulder at the Community Big Give. By the way, if you haven't signed up, you need to. So we know you're there, that we can be demonstrating God's love together, shoulder to shoulder in the community. And I just can't wait to serve. I can't wait to serve. I can't wait to do as Jesus did and lift others up and build people up in this community in a way that says you're loved by God. I want to pray for that for you. I want to pray for your mindset to be one that values others, for you to be one that that steps back and, and allows yourself to be one of the sources of unity in our world and so desperately needed. And jostling for position isn't what's going to do it. It's taking the position of a servant that's going to transform the world we live in. God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to hear your word, to read your word, to be challenged by the passion you had to serve. And it wasn't just a moment of passion. It wasn't just a moment where you felt like uh, we had the opportunity to, uh, to serve, that we could take an Instagram selfie and throw it out there, look what I did. This was a lifestyle. You demonstrated year after year, story after story, how you laid your life down to serve others. In fact, that was how your life ended, is in serving us by giving your life you went to the cross, you rose from the grave, and now we have eternal life by putting our faith in you as our Lord and Savior. So for those who need to do that right now, I pray that they would do so. They would just, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. That's all you have to pray. And God, I want you to remove selfishness from me. I want that to fall to the ground and have no productivity in my life, but I would position myself to be one who would serve others that I'll say yes, I'll lean into opportunities to serve, knowing that the, the amount I give of myself to serve, you're gonna bless my life and reward me with this full life and peace of mind you promised in the word. And I pray that for everybody who is here today, that God, you will bless them no matter how they're participating in this service or watching this service. May they respond right now and say, yes, I am gonna say yes to serving and that we will, in turn, help mobilize them to lift others up 
to humble themselves and serve the world around them. You made us to be those who serve, not those who demanding service. That's how we get full life. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I want to challenge you to seal what God is speaking to your heart. I know as you're listening to this, you're being challenged in your mind, like God is saying this to me. I'm supposed to say yes to this or step out in this or this this unction I had to do something to serve someone. That was probably God and I just need to set aside the things I was saying yes to in order to follow through with that. Uh, and I want you to contemplate it and allow it to sink in as we go into an extended time of worship here. Just to give time for God to speak to you, to show you the next step in serving for your life. We believe in you. You're gonna experience life to the full and peace of mind. Can't wait to serve alongside you.